0: From here. You know, have you ever heard that expression? Uh, for, for some of you, when the time comes for uh, the sermon, I've got to be on YouTube because I've already picked on everybody over here the past couple weeks because you guys weren't always here. So just so you know, it's YouTube. And if I get tired of YouTube, I'm going back to Alan Mass. to say, so Alan, you, you know, I've got to pay attention, you know what happens when you're a Massey and I know who you are, you know? Uh, I'll, I'd like to mom and dad, I'd just shoot you a lookout and you'll, you'll remember mom and dad shooting you a The choir off here with that. You know, you two, boys, I know this isn't how you think, but some people, believe it or not, they get to the message sign and they go, oh, go all downhill from here. Never, right? Liars. <laughs> i heard you know, some people would think that. You know, uh, I already had one person when they saw the name of the sermon this morning, they're like, "Well, this should be a barn-buster kind of thing." Uh, you know, uh, you know, one of those, old great, where are we going?" Well, isn't that sometimes how we see our world? Where, where are things going? Is it all downhill from here? You may go, I hope not. And, and, and as we interact with Judges, the final chapters of Judges, you know, Judges 19 through 21, I lumped all these together To be honest with you, they're so dramatic and awful. I couldn't handle preaching on it more than once. So there are some passages of Scripture, that's a case where if you go, oh my goodness, could we have not taken these out? But they're here for a reason.
1: They're here as an example. They're here so you and I
0: in 2021 can learn something about ourselves and the world around us. All Scripture Paul says, meaning Old Testament in his day, is useful for teaching, rebuking, and encouraging. So we have passages like this. But really to understand this passage, we must go back earlier in the days of Israel in the days of Mount Sinai when God said this Exodus 20 and God spoke all these words as he's interacting with the nation of Israel he speaks these words he says I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery you shall have no other gods before he starts do. In fact, all the other commandments that come that I Adam, the other nine, are examples of what it looks like when you have other gods before you. You shouldn't do those things because of who God is. And when we miss this one, everything else starts to fail. The book of Judges, as we are seeing, is a downhill cycle. Of, of what is going on is, is downhill as we are reminded of what it looks like when a nation, when people, when individuals, when plants forget that they shall have no other gods before them. When they forget who God is. That is no different back then as it is for us today when we forget that the Lord has called us out of our own Egypt, out of our own slavery, by the power of the cross, by the blood of Jesus, when we forget that, we forget that there is no other God but God himself. Everything else becomes permissible. Or, as the writer of Judges would say, everyone does what is right in their own office. Because we forget. It's not just they forget. But we forget. The Lord our God who has called us, who has blessed us, who anoints us with the Holy Spirit. And so then things become okay. that never to be okay. We can make a list, and there's plenty of lists in Scripture. But it all comes back to this. Who is God? Who is your God? Well, well, we see this these five pages, in this conclusion chapters, well, I think we see what happens throughout all the scriptures. Names are important. Which is interesting, I say this, because if you look through uh, Judges 19, 20, and 21, in fact, uh, I'll challenge you, the first person who can find it, uh, uh, just shout out it, uh, find the name, mentioned in those three chapters. Names are important, back through, and I'll keep going on until someone finds it. So don't hesitate just to interrupt me out loud. All right? uh, there's only one name. I'll give you that name. All right? So throughout all the judges, we've had names. Except for those few times, Samson's mother is not named, normally in a good way. That fact is anonymous in a good way. And then we get here, where no one really is named. Names are important for a reason. And now all of a sudden, everyone is anonymous. Why? Because when you forget who God is, it no longer matters the name of your neighbor. When you no longer see that someone else is made in the image of God, it doesn't matter their name. They can be nameless. And all is well. Because actually, if I don't know that Cooper is Cooper... It's much easier for me to do whatever breaks my eyes against Cooper than when I know it's Cooper. I know his man. I know who he is, and I wonder if we in 2021 is we're buying into this idea of an anonymity. We do this online, where it's much easier to say whatever you want online than you would ever say it in person, say it to someone you don't know. We're buying into this idea that it's okay to be anonymous, and we're forgetting that names are important. And if we could sit there and go, there's Jenna. I know Jenna. I want to know Jenna. It's going to be different. Anybody find the name yet? It's judges 19 through 21. You got three whole chapters to figure Phineas. The only name. And if you read it, you're gonna realize Phineas is he's a really could be no name. He plays no role in this. All the main characters are anonymous. That's not a good sign Names are important. Everyone but Phineas is named. You know, there's that old cheer show. You know, Jordan, I know you've never seen it. You have know, not, of what I mean when I say this a show of cheer, right? Yeah, her eyes are like, uh, uh. All right, some of you know it, right? and what else? There's the second half of that where everyone knows. They didn't always get along, did they? There was a whole lot of stuff going on. But everyone knew your name and they were always glad you came. What if that was us? I think will see in these in these verses, in these chapters, that if we would have taken the Cheers mindset, things would have been different. But see, this happens when there's the rejection. Of God and all of Israel, we have gotten to the point where it is so bad even the Levites have gone astray. What starts with one tribe, one individual, one part of the nation, now it is the whole tribe of the one. The rejection and of all sediments. the nation of Israel have been in Canaanites, instead of the nation of Canaan, being Israelized, like what put it back up. And I wonder, as we have gotten to a point in our own society where we don't even realize where we as the church have been culturized instead of the culture being churchized, not always in the big areas, but in the small. Here we have this Levite, that it, it says that the Levite was unfaithful to him. That's really a poor translation. I hate to disagree with the uh, translators of the NIV here because they do great work. But really, the, the, I think what the heart is here is the fact that the, the Levite, the woman, no longer pleased him in his own eyes. And so they got into a fight. Well, go figure The only time in a marriage where everybody will be okay with everybody is when you agree on everything. Sooner or later, there's going to be an argument because you see things differently. This is what Jesus, I think, took up in the Sermon on the Mount. When he talked about, you can't just put one another away just because it seems right in your own eyes. Because they didn't do something right that you thought they ought to have done it would be nice if we could, but we would be lonely messes. And here, this is what happens. And because she is unnamed, because he's doing what is right in his own eyes, we see time and time again, the nation treating people as if they're objects. And that's easy to do. When you don't know somebody, they're just a means to the end doesn't matter. They just play a part. Unfortunately, we've all probably done this. Maybe it's the cashier at the grocery store. Nameless, unless you intentionally look at their tag and call them by name. There are means to an end. Is that awful? Not necessarily, but it could be. We've heard over and over in these of weeks, a refrain of be nice to everyone that works because there's not enough people working. How easy though it is to forget. They're taking a little longer than they ought or you think they ought. I still remember uh, Paul Bryant is his name. I don't know if he's uh, still with us or behind the door. He's a part of the church in Hamilton and uh, he was a greeter at Meijer. I did a lot of shopping at Meijer, it was one of the closest grocery stores at the time, and I would walk into Meijer, and he would call me by name. Now that's a little off-putting at first, because you know how in the world does this guy know my name? So the first five times, I always checked to see if I was wearing a name tag. Maybe I came from an event and I wore a name tag. Yeah. I really shouldn't have been surprised. I grew up in Hamilton. Lots of people know me. I was a part of it at that time. It was my third church in Hamilton. I was a part of it. But he called me by name. It changed the way I looked at him after the fifth time. I mean, this guy really probably knows me. So one day, he called me by name, and I was at least smart enough that day to find his name back. Just that day. There are many other days I'm not. Just that day. And I said, Paul, where do you know me? I called him by name. And he says, well, I know you from first back Hamilton. I'm like, oh, man. Couldn't have been any other church. Then I have an excuse. No, it was the church I was serving at. I still had an excuse because I worked primarily with teenagers at the time. I said, well, Paul, there's a lot of you that sit out there, roughly 3, 350 there's one of me. And he was gracious. But you better believe I didn't forget his name. But you know what? Because he knew my name, I sure wasn't going to treat him badly. Why? Because I don't know who else he was going to tell. He might have gone home and told my mother. Though I didn't live at home at the time, my mother still would have got me if she wanted to. I know how that goes. Cooper did Mama can always get you. Wherever you go, Mama can get you. Jordan, so can death. Alright? They have ways. Just so you know that. Alright? Got it? When we start people treating people at objects when they become names, they become just somebody else. And time and time again, in these chapters, we see when the nation of Israel forget the names of their neighbors, they will do awful hideous things that ought not to be mentioned. But they are. This poor concubine, who is left nameless, is treated awful by the Levites, and then will be treated awful later on by the people of the town. And they do things which I will not name to and then Israel does awful things to their fellow Israelites because they don't name them by name. They say, just some men from the town of Gibeah. And we see destruction, slaughter, dehumanization at its worst. Friends, I don't know that we're much better off today. No, we're not on slaughtering yet. But if we're not careful, we forget who the Lord our God is. And we forget to to let names be important. We are heading downhill. And sooner or later, the quicker you go downhill, the faster you get there. But there's hope. We can stop it. And we see a way within these chapters. And we see that hospitality can be the way to invoke community. We see with the concubine's father, he is the the example of hospitality, almost to a fault. He he does everything. What happens when you are hospitable to one another? When you sit down, especially around meals together, you get to know somebody. You get to know them by name. You know, we, uh, my friend, we were graciously invited uh, at least once, maybe never again. Uh, I don't know. Uh, to John and Sarah's house, we we spent all day there. Uh, they didn't kick us out. Still so questioning their judgment and wisdom, but you know, they got to know us whether they liked it or not. You know, we got to know them
1: whether they liked
0: it or not. Actually, Taylor, uh, Maya, and Quinton had a great idea. They left halfway through. Was that planned? No. Okay. What why do we have his group? What do you first thing in his group, boys? Eat? Is that just because they're teen boys and girls and they like food? No but yes. Alright? Why? Because when you sit around a table and you eat with people, things change. Why are we inviting our our friends, our family, our community to sit down and eat with us and food for the soul. What was the whole point, the the foundation of that? To invoke community. To say, you can know me, I can know you. And it's going to be much harder for me to treat them poorly when I know them. When they know me. The father-in-law shows great hospitality. In fact, Uh, there's a little bit of uh, kind of an insinuation that if the Levi would have just stayed one more night, actually none of what happens next would have taken place. But in his hurry to do what was right in his own eyes, he heads out on a journey a little too late and has to stop. And his servant tries to say, hey, here's a town. It happened to be non-Israelites, non-Jews. There's nothing necessarily wrong with what the Levite is saying of, hey, let's stay with our own land. Obviously, they will have hospitality towards us. Oh, maybe the things would have been different. They get there, and what do they do to the town of Gibeah? They sit. And they sit. And they wait. And they wait. And no one shows hospitality. No one. I wonder if this is where we need to realize that sometimes we are so busy even with good things that we fail to see where we can be hospitable to the person need right in front of us. And there is an old man who does. Interesting enough, he too is just a kind of a transient. This is in his hometown. He's a part-time resident, so to speak, of the town, and he brings out hospitality. However, his hospitality is only as good until it became difficult, and then we have the quick I'll the past, but what we see here is the cry for justice. There is a cry of justice going out within the pages of Scripture, within the pages of Judges. And what happens here is they left us wondering, not just being shocked and awe-going, ought to be, but to ask the question, who heard the cry of justice of this person? Where was justice served in these passages? What about for us in our world? Where have we turned a deaf ear to the cries for justice? around us. It's very easy when we don't know a name, when it's just a cry. But you know when it's your own, and you know that cry has a name. We have a turned off a of man for a reason. You know what? Here's part of what is Telling us the downhill spiral of the book of Judges is the nation of Israel itself was to hear the cry of the nameless, of the orphans, the widows, the, the foreigners, the aliens among them. They were always to have an ear towards that cry. And James talks about pure religion, is to look out for the orphans and the widows. Where have we? In our own modern day, turn the deaf ear to the cry of justice from the nameless, the unknowns, or better yet, the ones we'd rather not know. Because it'd be a little inconvenient if we had to do something. Careful, because when that thought sets in, it's all death. Because the sin... Of the nation of Israel in the book of Judges is the sin that you and I face is the sin of self. Me, myself, and I, the Trinity of 2021. Me, myself, and I. What can I do? What is right in my own eyes? And here we see throughout all the book of Judges that for the most part, when a nation goes that way, it is really all downhill. The hospitality of this uh, guy in Judges 19 and 20 was there until it became inconvenient and then whoever he could throw out so he wasn't harmed. It's okay. What if we, as the people of God, took up the mantle that we did what was right when it was right to do it in the way that it was right just because it was right and not because of what I thought to be happening? Is this not the sin that Jesus came against in the Gospels? Is this not what he was saying? You've got to die to yourself in order to gain. Over and over again, the letters of the early church, the sin of self, will lead to lots of different things. We read about it in Galatians. The sin of self. Let me just highlight The sin of self, according to Paul in Galatians, Chapter 5, where he says, I'm going to paraphrase. The sins of self are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, not just that. Idolatry, witchcraft, not just that. Hatred, oh, stop, Paul. Discord, stop. Jealousy, stop. Fits of rage, stop. Selfish ambition, you could have just stopped in the first rage. We'd all be okay. Factions, envy, drunkenness, other things in the life. All those have in common. Start back. To the very first man of, of God on Mount Sinai. I am the Lord your God who called you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods beside you. That includes the God of self. When we and we equate ourselves with God, and we profane the trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to the trinity of me, myself, and I, we will go downhill and downhill quickly. And it will become what is right in our own eyes. But there's hope. But the story isn't done. The Old Testament doesn't end in Judges. Can I get an amen? It goes on. In fact, the best days for the nation of Israel are ahead. Can I get an amen? And guess what? They could be ahead for us too. But it's going to take some work. We have to die to self. How do we do that? One, we need greater empathy. Empathy is putting ourselves in that person's situation. Sympathy is, I'm sorry for you. Sympathy is important. We need to be able to say with the Jews, "I'm sorry this exactly. happened." Empathy goes a step further to say, "I can only imagine how much that stinks." Wow. Or my favorite expression of empathy, where oh. you sit and you empathize. Empathy doesn't mean you agree with whatever comes out of their mouth, but if I can sit in empathy with a person. I will learn how to truly love and compassion the person next. Sympathy is kind of me going, oh, poor Devin, you just need some help. Let me help you. A lot of truth in that statement. But if I can go, Devin, it must be hard to live the life you have to live. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> you know, your wife is back there in the you can feel it back there, right? Your daughter's having a heyday to see what I'm gonna do next. Okay. You know, but if I can empathize with him and I start getting to know it by name, there's gonna come a time when I can say, hey man, just a thought. What about this? And he goes, you know what? Maybe. And he'll hear. Well, I don't agree with him completely, Carl uh Rogers. A pioneer in counseling uh, used to say unconditional positive regard, the idea of empathy can make change. Because sometimes what people need is someone who will know them by name, will sit down and say, I'm glad you're here, to you know, you're dealing with a bunch of junk. And sooner or later, you get the, you do, honestly, I've seen it more times than I, you get the opportunity to say, hey, Leland, here's what I know Here's what I think maybe you could do differently. They go, oh, that's brilliant. How'd you come up with it? Leland, you've been telling me all the whole time this is what's going on. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, which is great because none of us are. Or maybe there's one or two of us, you know, but I'm not it. But you sit and empathize. Our world has a lack of empathy. We've got to be right. Uh, I empathize with with over there and I gotta just a, that must mean I admit he's whatever he's doing is okay. No, I'm just gonna feel heartache. I'm just gonna feel it. And then we will go. Not only do we need more empathy, we need new lines to see. See, time and time again, the refrain. Is going to say over and over in these last the, the words, in fact, the final words of Judges. Judges 21, 25. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. thing is, we need a cornea transplant. We need new eyes. We need to see people as Jesus sees people. We need to be able to look at that clerk. And maybe we don't know them with name, by name, but maybe we can empathize that, you know what, the person finds before us, probably just shoot them out because they raised something up wrong. And they're tired. You're overworked. You just want to go home. Empathy And seeing with new eyes, remember, I will never come across somebody who's not made in the image of God. Every single person is made in the image of God. The person who might be my biggest enemy, if I have one, is still made in the image of God. How I treat them is how I'm treating the image of God. What have I set across from those people that just hurt me? When I don't have the grace I ought to have, I go, okay, they're in the image of God. How would I see God here? Because they bear that image. We need new no eyes to see. Because God's word demands more. God's word, his promises of Deuteronomy, his, his word that was to be the foundation of the nation of Israel, demanded more than just doing what was right in your own eyes. It when the Levite calls everybody to order, he didn't really sin. I mean, he told the truth. He just left some parts out. It went from some guys to the whole town, to the whole clan of Benjamin. I feared for my life. Probably true. What about the concubines' life? Sometimes we can rally, or we will rally around someone who sounds good, and we still miss the God's word demands more than just what sounds good, what appears to be right in our own eyes. This is where Jesus said it again. You have heard that it has been said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Scripture, but I say to you, turn the energy, it demands Lord, you have heard that it says, "Do not commit adultery." But I tell you, if you look at someone lustfully, you are committed in your heart. If your angry. Lord says, you have heard that it said "Do not kill, do not murder." But I tell you, if your ardor, anger, anger, anger in your life, and you are hatred towards somebody in your heart, you have already done it. Why? Because they're in the image of God. Christ demands more. That's why he says, in order to gain your life, you must lose your life every single day. He demands more. But there is hope. In Christ, we have a new heart, we have a new name, we have a new identity. He says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Can I get an amen? Amen. It it talks about in Revelation that those who persevere, those who overcome, they will get a new name that only you in Christ knows. Can I get an amen? That's going to be beautiful. called oh, Jeremy this day, but Jesus has a different name for me. And he calls me different things in Scripture, Beloved, his workmanship, his work in progress, to which I say Amen. But one day he's going to call me a name, and I'm going to know that was me from the very beginning. My issue is that sometimes I get confused on one's first verse. Am I in Christ, or am I Jeremy from Alabama? Sometimes it's not a bad thing, I mean, I'm not a terrible person. I know people can say that. My sister a broader. I'm not a terrible person by a lot of standards. But when this becomes greater than who I am in Christ, I've messed up. And the hope is that as all of us, we have that new identity. You don't have to guess, it do I have that new identity? No, you do. And that's why he says, live differently. That's why the acts of sin, the acts of self of Galatians 5 isn't to be us, all of them. Because that new identity says there is a fruit, singular, And the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. I know this is what that means of mine. But please, it isn't fruits of the Spirit. It is fruit. It is not a fruit salad. It's like an orange in the segments of the orange. I know in every children's story, we talk about pineapples, apples, grapes, and, and oranges, or whatever it is, or teach them wrong. Sorry, right, but we are. It's an orange, and every second of the orange is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And you can't be lacking in self-control and think you have the fruit of the Spirit. You can't be lacking in patience, but have a whole lot of love, and then you're doing it. You're missing a second of the orange. Doesn't mean enough, not are your segments? Okay, sorry, off my soapbox. I think we've got to do better Because we are new in Christ. And that's the invitation to do a meeting today. Live out that identity. I haven't been found in Christ in just a couple of minutes. We're going to baptize three kids who said, I am in Christ. And, my, and that should be a reminder to all of us who have been baptized before don't forget your baptism. Yeah, it doesn't save us. We don't see it as a sacrament. We see it as a, just a following command. But You know what? Every baptism reminds me, maybe because I'm the one doing it, of my baptism in 1994, November of 94, when I, where I'm reminding again that I have committed my life to Christ and I have to die to sin to be new in Christ. And it's just a death you. And the invitation is set. The table has been set. It can be all downhill from here. Or we can realize as far down as it goes, in Christ, it can go all of middle The best days for the nation of Israel were ahead at this time. And the same could be true for you, for me, and for the church. We pray. Father God, to thank you